T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse right here. 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball 9 to 11 like we do every Saturday morning. But now turning our attention to Arizona. And Bruce, not to tell you why the Eagles will beat the Chiefs, but, hey, we've got baseball out there starting Wednesday. Pitchers and catchers report two of the uh, pitchers and catchers report four of the best words in all of sports. I agree. I was just going to say the same thing, David. You know, there's nothing sweeter than that for a baseball fan. And that is certainly what we're going to be hearing starting on the 15th as the Cubs report to Mesa, Arizona. And uh, under uh, David Ross, their skipper, Pedro Grafal in uh, Glendale, Arizona, after Glendale uh, clears out from the Super Bowl, if anybody can find a rental car or a hotel room, <laughs> that is, uh, because we're, we're hearing, you know, within uh, 50 miles, uh, hotel rooms and rental cars are an impossibility uh, for people that are attempting to go to spring training. You know, normally uh, we have a gap, David, between yes. the Super Bowl and uh, spring training right now we're we're it's only a couple break. days apart yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean right i, I guess the nfl is going to go all 12 months at some point right i mean why not it, bruce it's we could fill it and we typically do but yes you're right it's going to be a busy time out in the desert is it, it the super bowl clears out monday morning and there are people trying to arrive this weekend for for the purpose of spring training so people who typically would be investing in timeshares or devoting that money to rental cars because it's not that big of a difference in price. My, my advice, David, fly into Yuma and rent there a car go. there for uh, the, the next six weeks and then uh, drive yourself over and find something on the outskirts <laughs> of uh, Glendale, maybe, uh, you know, somewhere around Goodyear uh, for a, I, a, a week. I know a guy so. with a horse. Maybe you can get somebody <laughs> in Flagstaff. So anyway, we're going to talk Cubs and Sox. We want your opinions out there as well. 312-644-6767 as both teams prepare 
to begin spring training another season right in front of us. What questions remain? What holes are there still to fill? I don't know if the White Sox can feel great about what they have unresolved heading into Glendale. I'm sure the Cubs feel a little bit better, Bruce, and that brings us to our big story this morning, news on Friday. Ken Rosenthal reported the Cubs reached an agreement with Michael Fulmer, the reliever who was with the Tigers, traded to the Twins at the deadline, feels a need for the Cubs in the bullpen, a veteran righty. I don't know what role he will play, Bruce, but I think this could be, don't know the terms of the deal, but this looks like a smart investment because this is something the Cubs needed. And, and it's surprising that Fulmer has held out this long and going into February, uh, considering, uh, let, let's give a little bit of history of Michael Fulmer. Michael Fulmer was a, 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 an, an ace starting pitcher in 2016 and rookie of the year for the Tigers as a reliever. A blowout of his elbow within a couple of years. Uh, he missed an entire season, really came back now in the 20s, 2020s, and became a relief pitcher and a very good one for the uh, Detroit Tigers last year before being flipped over to Minnesota uh, uh, at the trade deadline last year. Uh, really good numbers, good fastball, good breaking stuff. Um, the the key for him uh is uh, where is he going to be ticketed? Is he a setup man? David, the way the Cubs are constituted right now, I would make him a uh, prohibitive favorite to be the Cubs closer on opening day. Wow. I think that's a job he hasn't done a lot of, Bruce, as you point out. He is somebody who earned his reputation as a starter, encountered the injuries as you described. I wondered why he wasn't in that role more often in – AL Central, whether it was with the Tigers or the Twins, he has, I think, 17 career saves. So it's not something that he has done a lot of. Do you just think he's got the experience and maybe the stuff to fill the role? Because the Cubs, and I, and I guess the other element of it is they don't have anybody else really, and he might be their best exactly. option. But, Bruce, does it should it concern them that they ha- he hasn't done this a ton before? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I think he's he's done enough now, you know, being a starter, now a reliever. I don't think it's uh, it's rocket science to go into the closer's role if you have the stuff and you have the confidence. I think he has both. You know, the average fastball for this guy's right around 95 miles an hour. Uh, you know, his command has been really good. Uh, and and le- as you said, David, the key to th- this conversation and what the, what the Cubs are looking at, depending on how many more relievers out there that they sign uh, during spring training, is they don't have any veterans in their bullpen, okay? What they have, they have Rowan Wick, who has, what, two and a half, three years experience. You have right. a Boxberger, who they sign as a, a ton of experience as a setup man, a quasi-closer from time to time. And now you have Fulmer. That's about it, David, uh, as far as experienced guys, guys that have more than a couple years in the big leagues. So from that perspective, um, I think he's a, he's an odds-on favorite to be there. Now, uh, people I talk to, people that um, really think it's possible, they think uh, Alzale might be trained uh, in spring training and on to be the uh, closer or back-end guy. More of a setup guy than he's been more of a middleman in the past when he's been out of the rotation. So, uh, you know, that that's the situation. But th- then you jump back to the rotation – 
and you know that Kyle Hendricks is not going to be a starting pitcher for you most likely the first month of the year, and depending on how it goes, who knows? So um, from that situation, are they going to have to look at Alzelay and go, well, we don't have a lot of pitching depth in the rotation. Maybe we stretch them out. It's a good question, Bruce. Yeah. And I think the one thing I wonder in the back of my mind, when we look at the White Sox, you've, you've always kind of uh, been uh, someone who, who's been intrigued by the possibility of Michael Kopech as a closer. And I get why because of the stuff. Likewise, I guess the similar comp to the Cubs is that I do wonder, is, is Keegan Thompson somebody who would fit better in the rotation or could you envision him with his stuff being a guy you try as a closer? You don't ever see – you know, necessarily closers being developed through the system because they always play so many different roles. And I wonder if that is in their minds um, because they don't have anybody who is a, a better option. Probably not. That might be a long shot. I think that the Fulmer being the odds-on favorite makes a lot of sense in terms of talking about what the Cubs have and maybe what they still lack. Maybe they need another veteran arm from the left side who would be a, a complement to that. I don't know when we talk about setup guys – Tell me this, what do you know in terms of Andrew Chafin and his availability and possibility of rejoining the Cubs? He's been here before, and he's a surprise in that he remains unsigned. Well, the thing that's uh, prevented Chafin from uh, signing with the team is he's asking for a multi-year deal, okay? And rightfully so. He's been really outstanding over the last couple years. Uh, He was talking to the Mets. It it appeared that they were close at one point about – two or three weeks ago, and that hasn't happened. I think he was asked, from what I understand, he was asking uh, 9 or $10 million a year, okay? So uh, he's not a closer. He's been a setup man, uh, a very good one from the left side. <laughs> David, not only do they need a closer, but from the left side, they hardly have anything outside of Hughes. I mean, you tell me what they got going for him. Uh, so when you look at the Cubs, and you look at their pitching staff, our question today to you for both White Sox and Cub fans are, what is the thing that worries you the most, and what is the depth of your team where they can move somebody if they have to down the road here to uh, going into spring training for both the White Sox and Cubs? And I would say my, the, most, uh, the, the one thing, David, for me that I'm most concerned about is the pitching staff. Uh, there's names there. Uh, they made a, a great addition, you know, by uh, Tyone signing him to a long-term deal. Uh, we, we've seen the ascension of um, of Thompson. We've seen the ascension of Steele. Uh, you hope that that's linear moving forward here. Uh, you know, they they re-signed uh, Drew Smiley. Uh, they have Stroman back on uh, maybe two years, maybe one more year, depending on whether he opts out. So I, I would say. I will take this a step further and just let you step in, David. My main concern for both teams yeah, I think that- is the pitching. You know, is the, is the bullpen and the starting pitching for both teams. And as we segue to the White Sox at some point here, I think that uh, that's what we'll be talking about. Yeah, I think the Sox uh, still need a second baseman. I, I don't know if they have enough depth. There and in the right in the right field spot, we are you know still going to be concerned about a rookie out there and Oscar Colas until he removes those doubts, and and those are concerns that existed at the end of the season and it's almost uh, 
negligence that they still exist now because they weren't addressed in the offseason. The pitching is always going to be there. You can never have enough of that. So I, I think it's the White Sox is almost an easier answer than the Cubs, who have added more players this offseason than any team in baseball. They've invested over $300 million. They have got a lot of reasons to look forward to getting to spring training in Arizona on Wednesday when they report to Sloan Park. The White Sox, same day, they go to Camelback Ranch just a few miles down the road from where they'll play the Super Bowl on Sunday. So there's a lot to discuss in terms of Cubs and White Sox needs. Let us know what you think out there. Also, Bruce, I want to get your thoughts. This week we saw the big unveiling of the WBC rosters, the World Baseball Classic, which begins March 3rd, goes through the 21st, and the Cubs will be represented by a lot of players in their organization, but on their Major League roster, Marcus Stroman is going to represent Puerto Rico and Seiya Suzuki, Japan. The White Sox, Yohan Moncada and Luis Robert are going to play for Team Cuba, and Lance Lynn and Tim Anderson representing the U.S. I, I think it bears repeating the question, how do you balance the pride in, with which you might have and seeing how many players are representing their, their countries respectively with the concern that, boy, going all out in March is something for, in let's say, the case of Lance Lynn. You want a guy like that fresh in September. You look at Mankata and Luis Robert. You want to keep them healthy as much as possible. What risks are you taking? Well, my rule of thumb, if I was the uh, iron-fisted GM of either franchise, which is never going to happen, of course, David, is uh, if you were injured last year and you missed a significant amount of time with an injury, you're not playing in the WBC, okay? Your first and foremost responsibility is to your team. As much as there is pride and and it's a great tournament, and, uh, you know, I'm all for it. It's never going to be the World Cup or anything like that, but... You know, uh, it's it's great that you can go and represent your country, so I'm not poo-pooing that. I think it's it's important, but not as important as a healthy player. Look, Robert missed half the games last year. Mancata started the year with hamstring issues, okay? These guys have to be bounce-back players for the Chicago White Sox, don't they? I mean, Stroman missed time last year with injuries, okay? So my rule of thumb is if you missed significant time last year, Okay, on with injuries, you're not you're not playing in the tournament. I mean, thank you very much, but you know we need you out there every day. Same thing with Tim Anderson, played uh, 80 games last year for the Chicago White Sox. I'm with you, Bruce, and I think Brian Cashman. We talked to him last week. He explained why. That's why he's not going to let Luis Severino pitch in in the WBC as well. There are obligations contractually, and their stakes are just too high. And so I would be right next to you as your assistant general manager with, the, with an iron fist as well, saying that you're making the right decision here. That's what we think. What do you think? 312-644-6767. Chuck Garfine's going to talk White Sox at 930. Matty Lee from the Sun-Times Cubs at 10 o'clock. We're going to hit both teams in town, but we want to hear from you. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's start the conversation with Mike, who is in Northbrook. Mike, welcome inside the clubhouse. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, I share your thoughts on that, the World World Baseball Classic totally. I mean, I'm not I, – I, I want to see the White Sox healthy. They were, they were so – I mean, I – 
injuries are part of the game, but nobody got hit the way the Sox got hit last year. And I want to see what a healthy team is going to look like. Anyhow, getting to the pitching, even with, with, with Liam, you know, out, and I don't know how out, and everybody's praying for him, and I don't know how long he's going to be out. Sox bullpen's loaded, okay, if you go up and down with uh, – it's just, you know – you you can name all the names you got you got you got Raveman you got that the left-handed uh, guy coming back uh, Crochet Bummer. you got Bummer you got uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not uh, uh, Ronaldo Lopez looked really good I, uh, Kelly could really could turn it around but the bullpen is looking real good and I don't know what the deal with Clevenger is I know that baseball found out about this last July and they never came up with anything and they're still not coming up with anything so I don't know I don't, it makes me feel like maybe there's no there there if they if there's all these accusations and this and that, and like yeah, nothing comes out. I mean, if the guy did what he did, I'm all for him not being on the team. But if he didn't, come on, uh, Major League Baseball, let us know what happened so we can see what's going on. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the phone call. Bruce, that's at the top of my list of unresolved questions for the White Sox, but I don't know how much we can actually talk about it because we don't know where things stand there is no clarity so we would just be repeating ourselves but yeah absolutely how they handle the mike clevenger situation is at the top should be at the top of the white Sox priorities as they get ready to report to spring training yeah no, no doubt about it and, and, and he's such an essential piece of the puzzle for them especially when you have a uh, copac coming back from uh, knee surgery you have uh you you, you have um you know, your other pitchers also coming back. You know, you, you had Lance Lynn come back and was as good. He looked as good as he ever did as a White Sox pitcher, uh, almost like the beginning of 2021 uh, at the end of 2022 for the White Sox. So you, you feel good about him coming back. Not not thrilled about him in the WBC, but that's another matter. Uh, but <laughs> when, when you uh, when when you look at that and you, you look at uh, the fact that Giolito – is looking to have a bounce back year, okay, before he hits free agency. I mean, he's 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 on his way in two different areas here. So, from from all of that, um, you know, I have I have concerns about depth for the White Sox. You know, they they have Burke, you know, a young kid, and they have Martin, you know, that uh, that pitched pretty well for them. Uh, Sean last Burke year. and Davis Martin, yeah, those are guys that you. you you don't want to be in a position to count on, though, Bruce. You want to welcome their contributions, but not get in a point where you're relying on them having to contribute. Right. And, and you know, so, again, uh, do I have concern? I, look, every team has concerns about their rotation and depth and um, whether people are going to stay healthy or not. But uh, I'm, I'm most concerned with the, the White Sox. And, you know, Lopez is a candidate to be a closer. You know, certainly Graveman's been a closer before. Um I just, you know, I don't, I don't know if Lopez, by the middle of the year, is going to have to flip back and be a, a, a starting pitcher again for the Chicago White Sox. Kendall Graveman, also part of Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. Let's squeeze in one more phone call. Joe is in St. Charles. Joe, welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning. Hey, you know, last year when, they, when the Cubs got Wes Neske, I really liked what I saw. And I never read anything about him, and I never hear anything about him, and I wonder why not. Joe, that's a great phone call. Good observation. Bruce, he is under the radar, but I liked everything that he offered when the Cubs, he started six games for them, went 3-2 and two with a 218 ERA. 
33 innings pitched. He is loaded with poise. I like that he is under the radar because I think he might be one of those guys you don't talk about a lot, but, boy, he could come through in a big way. This would not shock me if he's in the rotation on opening day. No, me either, and I'm hoping he does make it because, you know, again, it, it not only gives you a feeling about uh, 2023, but also the ascension of good young pitchers in the Cubs organization moving forward along with Thompson and Steele, Alzale. You know, you want to you be able to project your young pitchers moving forward in that the farm system is truly, and the trade, you know, and the trade mechanism, getting him from the Yankees last year, is truly making your team back into that competitive force that it has to be to compete in the division. And you wonder about how they use Keegan Thompson because you could go to start the season without Kyle Hendricks. You've got Stroman, you've got Tyone, you've got um, Smiley, you've got Steele, and then maybe you have Wesneski if he is the guy that emerges during spring training and Keegan Thompson can play that all-important swing role with versatile innings here or there in a, in a variety of ways that they could use him as a weapon. A lot of conversation, but a very good phone call, Joe. Don't forget about Hayden Wesneski, the guy who came over last season and made an impact. We're going to talk White Sox when we come back, Bruce. We're going to shift gears and see what Chuck Garfine from NBC Sports Chicago has to say about their offseason and what to expect moving forward. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I know this is uh, not something you know, people want to hear, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Eloy in right field. And, and I'm not talking about seeing him there every day, but I'm talking about seeing him there you know, maybe a day or two a week if, if possible and keeping him, you know, athletic and keeping him working, uh, you know, on the defensive side because I know that helps, uh, on, you know, on the offensive side as well. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. David Hall, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock talking baseball. That was the voice of Pedro Grifol talking about his plans for Haloya Menez. And that shifts us to the White Sox and our guest on 
the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book, is Chuck Garfine from NBC Sports Chicago. Knows all the White Sox as well as anybody in town. Good morning, Chuck. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good morning. Doing well, Chuck. So let's start with what we just heard from Pedro Grafal as it relates to Eloy Jimenez. We talked about the World Baseball Classic, and Eloy will obviously be one of those uh, players with the White Sox uh, representing his country. And I think that you are concerned if you're a Sox fan about his durability. Are we finding things to worry about, or is it a, a, a legitimate concern whether or not Eloy, if you look out and there he is playing right field for the Dominican Republic, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? I mean, we're probably going to be thinking that if he's playing right field with the White Sox, right? And I know Pedro said that he'd like to see him out there one or two times a week. Uh, it's a little bit of a pickle. Obviously, we have a history watching him and trying to stay healthy. He did get hurt last season running the bases, but, you know, his health is crucial. His health, Tim Anderson's, Yoan Mankata's, and you know, I heard you guys talking earlier. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned about them playing the World Baseball Classic just because of their injury histories. Uh, if you want to think, you know, optimistically, maybe it gets them in a better spot for the season by playing in these games, but staying healthy is so huge. So uh, I, I was very encouraged by how Aloy Jimenez, DH, DH is not an easy position. And he had said in the past he didn't want to do it, but because he was coming off surgery, he was forced into the DH position last season. And he put up great numbers as a DH. And I thought that he'd go into this season being the you know everyday DH. Let's see what happens. I, he said to us on a uh, Zoom call about two or three weeks ago that uh, he's going to have a surprise for everybody at spring training. Essentially, I think he's done a lot to lose weight and get into better shape to play the outfield. Um, so that's a work in progress, and we'll, we'll see how this plays out. But I think we should be prepared, judging by what Aloy, by what Pedro said, we might see him one or two days a week in right field when it's looking like Oscar Koloff is going to be the everyday or mostly everyday right fielder to start the season. That's the voice of Chuck Garfine. You find him on the pre and the post game with the White Sox, ace reporter for NBC Sports Chicago, and Chuck Meister to some people who uh, was, was that was that, uh, that was the hawk right was the Chuck uh, well hawk first called me Chuck Meister and then it turned into our Chuck so I became our Chuck which was uh, to have a, a nickname from Hawk Harrelson I mean put that on my gravestone yeah that's that's pretty cool Chuck uh, <laughs> you know looking at uh, some of the positives for the White Sox. Um, you know, we, we know that there's negatives out there and they've been concentrated on. What do you look at uh, White Sox from a depth perception? perception? What's, what are some of the positives that you think of, of the White Sox going into spring training 2023? Well, here's something that I remind myself and I try to remind White Sox fans. And it's going to start with me talking negatively by what happened last season. So... Last year, Luis Robert had no homers and two RBIs in the second half. T.A. got hurt. He had no home runs. One RBI after July the 27th. Didn't play after August 6th. Uh, Yasmani Grandal had an OPS plus of 64. League average is 100. Aloy Jimenez missed half the season. Lance Lynn missed the first two months. 
Michael Kopech played hurt in the second half. And they still won 81 games with all of that happening. So say half of that happens in 2023, that 81 win team should win, you know, 85, 86. If there is, uh, if there are less injuries and better seasons by your core guys, you're winning 88, 89, 90 games. So this is just me talking here in February, but there's so much talent on this team, and it took, you know, all like almost like a, a worst case scenario situation for them to win only 81 games. And I think they're going to go. I would hope. I would hope. And I'm speaking with a few of these guys. I know this is for a fact. They're coming into spring training kind of pissed. Like no one believes in them. Last season stunk for them, for the fans. The Guardians were basically slam dunking on them in their, uh, in their winning celebration, their division clinching celebration, mocking the White Sox. They know that. There's a lot of motivation for this team to win in 2023, and they've got a new coaching staff that I, I really feel good about. So optimistically, I'm feeling good about this team, but again, they've got to stay healthy. They've got to stay healthy. That's number one for them this season. Chuck, given your experience, given your reporting, how do you expect the White Sox to handle the Mike Clevenger question when they report on Wednesday, and how can they prevent, if they can, the ambiguity surrounding it from becoming a huge distraction? They cannot continue to just ignore it. Yeah, so I think, you know, most people, and this included myself in the very beginning of this, just assumed, oh, the White Sox will just, they can just do some sort of punishment for Mike Clevenger. No, that's not the case, actually. It's all in the hands of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has to decide if they're going to suspend him. Major League Baseball has to decide if they will put him on administrative leave. And the fact that spring training is just a few days away and nothing has happened yet, it's looking like Mike Clevenger is going to be at spring training when the pitchers and catchers report on Wednesday. So, my guess is because it is an ongoing investigation, they will, I'm assuming the White Sox will come out and say, I can't comment on this. Mike Clevenger can't comment on this. And, yeah, is this the kind of uh, distraction you want? Or do you want the situation you want when spring training is starting that you have a pitcher who is, has been accused of domestic violence and child abuse? No, you do not want this. Not the tone setter you're looking for with a new coaching staff uh, and what happened last season. But something tells me that this, Maybe this becomes a story the first day of spring training, but then there'll be baseball and then more baseball, and this will kind of be, if not the elephant in the room, it'll just kind of be pushed aside for the moment until we have some sort of clarity. It is not a situation that anybody wants to talk about. I don't want to talk about it, um, and we'll just see how this uh, prevails. But it's looking like we're going to see Mike Clevenger in a Sox uniform on Wednesday. Pedro Grafal, uh, he is not Tony La Russa. Uh, he comes in with a clean slate, a great reputation. What are your thoughts about uh, the manager's role this year and how impactful was La Russa not being well, not being Tony La Russa last year as far as how the White Sox finished? Yeah, you know, I, there are a lot of reasons why the White Sox struggled last season. And, you know, it's like a soup of – and Tony LaRusso's 
is one of them. I'll just say it. Um, one thing that Pedro Grafal said, and actually we were saying it on the post-game show. We actually put it in our demo wall, we call it, behind us on the set several times on the post-game shows towards the end of the season, and we would say this one phrase, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And it was because Len Casper said it after a crazy win, a walk-off win, I think on a wild pitch at the end of the year. And we're just like, yeah, that's the mantra for this team. Whatever it takes, find a way. And that means doing the little things and giving all you got every single game. So Pedro Gafal is announced as manager. He comes on our show. And what does he say? Three times or maybe four times in an interview, he says, we're going to do whatever it takes. Now, I know he, for a fact he probably was not watching our postgame shows. <laughs> he came up with that himself. But that is something that I connect with him. I think White Sox fans will uh, too, which is this team is going to do whatever it takes to win baseball games. And you guys know, yeah, three-run homers, that'll usually win a baseball game, right? Great pitching, that'll win baseball games. Great defense will, too, but it's the little things. It's the minutiae over the 162 games that really can be the difference between a good season and a mediocre season. And last season was symbolic of a mediocre season for the White Sox. And I think those little things, by doing whatever it takes, uh, will go a long way. Uh, And that's assuming the players respond to this coaching staff and what they want them to do. I believe they will. I sure hope they do. If not... Well, we're going to have some interesting post-game shows. <laughs> well, they always are with you and Ozzy. So, Chuck Garfine from NBC Sports Chicago joining us for a few more minutes. So, Chuck, I like a good hype video as, as much as the next guy, but whenever I see the White Sox put out this Yasmani Grandal montage about how he's working so hard to stay in shape and he's going to report to Arizona with a chip on his shoulder, all those things are great. I think Grandal could be a, a guy who's a candidate for a bounce-back year. The question is... Who catches the other 60 games if he gets 100? How many games is he going to catch? That's one of the areas that I think, along with second base in, in the outfield, where they, they did not address adequately in this offseason. What is the plan at catcher? Well, right now the plan at catcher is Yasmani Grandal, hopefully a healthier Yasmani Grandal, and Sebi Savalo probably as your backup catcher. I know the pitchers like throwing to him. Uh, that's kind of where things are at right now. Carlos Perez got a little bit of a look at the end of last season, but I think that's where things are at currently. I'm not, that's not to say they're not going to make another move. I'm not sure. I'm not privy to that. Um, I did do a story with Grandal this off season. I spent two hours watching him do his workout. It's a two hour workout. He was just a rigorous, rigorous workout uh, to try to get his knee and his whole body healthy for the season. Uh, he's, this is something he's done in the past, but he couldn't do it because he had, you know, off-season procedures, things like that, and he just wasn't healthy at all. I mean, he just he he was basically catching on one leg, hitting on one leg, and that was one. He had one of the worst offensive seasons in all of baseball. So uh, that is a great candidate for a comeback season. But you're right, there's not a lot of depth at catcher because, you know what he is going through or went through last season, how many games will he be able to catch? And I think that's another reason why they want to see Aloy Jimenez a little bit in right field, because they're going to need days for Grandal to DH. And if they do that, that means where's Aloy Jimenez going to bat. So uh, 
in a way, they have to kind of thread the needle with this roster this season, trying to figure out Grandal situation and Aloys and, you know, what kind of uh, offense is Moncada going to provide this year. So, and then obviously the whole health question with everyone around the diamond. You know, Luis Robert has never played 100 games in a season. Not once. So, will he give oh, you 150? Yeah. Will he give you 150 games? I'll take 130 from Luis Robert. So, uh, there's just, yeah, as I'm talking with you, and I've, I've said it, uh, I said it this past week on our podcast, like my navigational system with this team is normally pretty spot on. I've got a pretty good compass knowing where this team is probably going to go. And this year, I just don't know after what happened last year. Optimistically, optimistically, I think this team can easily win the division. Realistically, that's where I'm not exactly sure where they're at. And talk to me in June, and we'll see where things are at with this team. Yeah, I'm going to underline that easily part, uh, easily win the division. I'm, I'm hoping the White Sox are a 90-win team and are right there with the Cleveland and Minnesota at the end to win that division. That would be a, that would be a really good year for the Chicago White Sox. Chuck yeah, yeah, wait, man, I probably us. shouldn't say I probably shouldn't say easily. Yeah, there's no there's nothing easy. They they um, I wouldn't even say comfortably. I'll say they can win the division. There we go. Chuck, uh, as we close out with you, and David and I appreciate your time uh, today, as always, and uh, look forward to your spring training reports when you are there. I'm wondering uh, your biggest concern for the Chicago White Sox going into 2023. It's health. Health. That's been the issue for this team the last two seasons. They've got to stay healthy. Soft tissue injuries, hamstring injuries, uh, it's become an epidemic with them, and they need to stay on the field. You, you look at what happened last season and the games played, and, you know, the guy who played the most games, Jose Abreu, 157 games, he's not even on the team anymore. But you've got Grandal with 99, Tim Anderson 79, Moncado 104, Luis Robert 98, and Aloy Jimenez 84. Uh, they do that again. It's not going to be a good season. But you get all these guys playing 120 games. I'm asking 120, you know, which is still meaning, well, they all went on the injured list once. Um, I think they're going to be in a a great position to win the division. But if they do not, if it's more of the same, we're going to be having the same conversation next offseason about this team. So health is number one. I'd say health is one through ten of my concerns for this team. Chuck, thanks so much for your time. We'll look forward to uh, hearing more from you throughout spring training and into this season. Sounds good. Great talking with you guys. And baseball is so close. It feels good. It feels great. And uh, looking forward to uh, hopefully a much better season for the White Sox. Chuck Garfine from NBC Sports Chicago, pre- and post-game host with Ozzie Guillen, does a great job covering the team. Bruce, when we come back, we're going to play a little chin music. It's Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse. High and inside, our chin music, a little chin music. Take that hit for a ride. It's time for some chin music. Hey, Aunt, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. 
Yeah, I see them being better than 81 wins this year, but there's still some real unanswered questions in terms of how they're going to use their personnel, right? Andrew Vaughn is a, a pure bat. Uh, he's, he's a capable glove, but I don't know that he's going to settle in specifically at first base if they're still going to use him as a corner outfielder. If Colas arrives this year, uh, you just spent a lot of money on Andrew Benintendi, so you're log jammed in the outfield a little bit more. Can Lucas Giolito bounce back and, and be what he was two years ago, three years ago, as opposed to an uneven last season? And the biggest question of all for me, how does the team respond to a new manager in Pedro Grafol? I say well. I think it's probably, uh, it's probably culturally because he's bilingual, because um, he's already reached out and created these relationships with younger players, with Spanish-speaking players. I think it's going to be good there, man. I think they're going to be better, markedly better than an 81-win team. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine. That was Matt Veskurgeon on the MLB Network answering a question about the White Sox. This is chin music, so we're going to come in high and tight, Bruce. I don't agree at all. I don't think the White Sox have earned the benefit of my doubt or any of ours. And I think that if they were 81 and 81 last year, that was bad. This offseason – has done nothing to make me think it's going to get anything but worse. Who's the fifth starter? Who's playing second base? How healthy is Grandal going to be? How healthy is anybody going to be? No, I do not expect them to be better than 500. Not right now, not until further notice. Did someone uh, put something uh, off, you know, not not good in your cornflakes this morning? What What is going on with you? I mean... I would, I, would, I would use the normal honest, term, but it, it, this is a family radio station. So I, I know someone put something in your cornflakes that didn't, didn't uh, make you feel very good. Look, uh, <clears throat> this is basically the same team uh, going into spring training this year, adding Benatendi, taking Abreu out, and um, uh, not having Hendricks. So you have a right to some pests. You know, there, there's no doubt that there are some question marks. But going into last year with this group, everybody was looking at a 93-win team that was going to be winning the division again, okay? Injury, as Chuck Garfine pointed out, had a lot to do with it. Uh, I, I would say that Veskirgin, uh, you know, for an outsider, a guy that doesn't see White Sox baseball every day, had, you know, some generally good ideas. I mean, I, I think he was way off on Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn is going to be the first baseman no matter what. That's his position. <clears throat> right field, there is no logjam in, in the White Sox outfield, okay? There, the only question is how often does uh, Eli Jimenez get out there and how much does Pedro Gafal and the rest of the White Sox nation hold their breath when he's out there trying to play not just left field, but playing right field, okay, on a daily right. basis after playing 80 games last year. Again, as Chuck pointed out, he hurt himself running, okay. You can't protect the athlete from being athletic, but you can prevent him <laughs> from being in harm's way every day out there in the outfield. And uh, I, I, just, I, I just wish there was a conversation, a conversation that Eloy says, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help this team win, okay? And if it's DHing all the time, I'm on board. There should be a conversation somewhere along the line with him, with Grafal, with 
Rick Hahn, uh, look, let's keep in-house what we need to keep in-house, okay? And let's talk about positivity that you are an essential piece to us winning. With you out there 140 times, 150 games, you're going to hit 40 home runs. You're going to drive in 120. You're going to be the key to our offense moving forward. It's, you're going to take the weight off of the other players who uh, need to be a part of that offense as well. So from that perspective, he's such an essential piece to the team. You want to hear the message being, hey, I'm on board for whatever they want me to do. He needs one of those T-shirts that says whatever it takes because that is the approach you want him to take. He's got tremendous talent. Nobody's denying that. But you're right. I think they need to have that conversation and communicate that message clearly. And, Bruce, I don't want to come off as being overly negative. I think this in spring training, optimism is in the air. I just feel like I was burned last year, like a lot of people, watching this White Sox team disappoint us time and time again. I was one of those guys at the beginning of the season. I thought the White Sox might even win the pennant because of the talent that they had on the roster. I just learned the hard way that these aren't athletes at this stage of their careers that you can count on reliably to stay healthy, to stay productive, to stay engaged, whatever the case may be. So I have doubts about Luis Robert. I have doubts about Mancada, Grandal, and I don't know what they're going to do with the pitching staff. So as much as I do respect Pedro Grafol and like him and everything he represents so far, I'm skeptical about the White Sox overall just because last year was that bad. They're going to be better defensively. They're going to be better in left. They're going to be better in right. Uh, first base is going to be better, uh, believe it or not, even though Abreu was a decent infielder. Vaughn is going to have more range at first base. He's going to have soft hands there. He's going to be very good. Um, you're hoping Grandal is a more flexible player behind the plate. Okay, I agree with you with your assessment about the catching, you know, you know Zavala uh, being the backup, you know, it, it, it's maybe not the answer you wanted, but there's still time for them to add another veteran catcher who may be out there uh, as well or uh, with another team starting spring training. So from, from all of that, you know, I, I think, the, you know, the greatest challenge for the White Sox for me will to be able to um, make up for the loss of Hendricks if he's not with the team some or most of the year uh, that having the lockdown closer is so essential and uh, you know moving everybody back one notch it's hard to determine right now how that's going to affect the bullpen all right let's talk Cubs coming up we'll have Maddie Lee from the Sun-Times and maybe she won't question what I had for breakfast inside the clubhouse Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.